I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and Dr. Frenchman, Johnny BT. And we're going to be joined by... The joint top try scorer in the Champions Cup after the opening few rounds as well. Leon's Fakir Abrahams is coming on for a chat about settling into life in France, the Champions Cup, South Africa, loads more besides. But there is loads to talk about, Johnny. And you've had a busy week, as usual. It's been busy, mate. It's been good. I'm currently, this might sound about Echo and Tinny, but I'm in a phone mm. box in the World Rugby offices in London. Is that all the trees behind you I can see? All the foliage? <laughs> yes, the foliage. That's that's the next level offices. Um, I think we're about to move out of here, to be honest, next month, in, in all truth. But um, yeah, it's nice to be out and be in the real world and see London and people and be away from the beach and pine trees. and a, Be in a phone box. Yeah, lovely. In a phone box, <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, the what, last week has been hectic. So Sunday was in La Rochelle. Monday was back to the Moulin Rouge. That's twice in one year. On Monday, I was there with Mathieu Bastaro filming with the BBC ahead of uh, the Six Nations. A little bit of can-can dancing, a little bit of exercise. Um, Probably we you and Mathieu. We were sweating like oh, God. Um But that was good fun, mate. So that'll all come out in a few weeks, learning a bit of routine. There's a bit of lifting. There's a bit of footwork. There's a bit of that. It's a bit like a line-out. I'm not going to lie. Um, who was lifting who? Uh, thankfully none of us were lifting Basta uh, we were <laughs> lifting the dancers which was a, a damn sight easier which was good crack um, and yeah doing some high kicking and learning some routines so that was good fun London this week back to France on Friday and then Toulouse for their game against Bath in the Champions Cup on Sunday so it's been a hectic week but good crack how's yours been mate? Mine's been good, similar, similarly hectic but I don't know where I am Champions Cup wise a few games a weekend normally various locations i do know saracens leon sale la rochelle this weekend for me they are big johnny they are big biggies but you trailed it there we're going to chat a little bit about the six nations france have named their squad if yep. people weren't looking forward to it enough the thought of you and matthew bastro cancan dancing is going to have the world tuning in my even just dropped it in my family whatsapp group and they were like what the <laughs> fuck what are you doing who comes up with that concept which producer do we have to thank for that bill latham <laughs> He's a good egg, good guy. Uh, producer Bill, um, and he roped us in. And do you know what? It's one of those things you go and like, this could be rocks or diamonds. This could be absolutely terrible, or we could have a good laugh. And we had a really good time. The dancers, and actually, I don't think people realize they're from all over the world. So there was a Kiwi girl, Canadian bloke, and a, and a French girl as well. They were taking us through our paces, um, and it ended up being a really, really good day. We laughed a lot. Don't get me wrong. We were utterly terrible. You were laughed at a lot. Both. Both, mate. No judgment here. Let's talk Six Nations then before we get on to the Champions Cup because yep. it's that time of year. Everyone names their Six Nations squads. We are recording and coming out slightly later in the week than usual because Fabian Gautier named his France squad on Wednesday. Yep. So what do you make of it generally? I think it's pretty cool. Um, freshened up as well. You've got to think from 
the past Six Nations squads he's had under his control, he's had 42 players to pick from. He's had a squad of 42. This time, he's only been allowed, because of the agreement between the FFR and the league, he's been allowed 34. So less of an opportunity to come in and shine and sort of work your way in through training. But for those 34 players, a massive opportunity. And there's been some big change in the squad as well. So five blokes that have never had a call-up before. Um, exciting for them. So you've got Esteban Abadi from Toulon. He's 26 and he's just been plugging yeah. away in the top 14. Previously a brief, but has been quality. Um, Nicolas Deporter. I don't think many people will have heard of him, but if you watched under 20s, World Championship last summer or the summer before he was absolutely phenomenal and he's been nailing down a spot in the back line with Bordeaux that we've been talking about and he's kind of been one of the the fewer known but quietly just churning out awesome performances he's a six foot three six foot four can handle can run can fend can link uh, and can defend so another one maybe not too widely known um, to other people Antoine Gibertberg gets his first call up from Racing, he's been kicking on Manny Miafu, who friend of the show we've had him on before, and Matthias Helagahu, who many people won't know either. But again, strong with under twenty, he's been picking up game time this year for Toulon. He's big, he's physical, he's raw, and there's a couple of injuries, so people have missed out. So the likes of Thibaut Flamon can't take part in training. So there's a chance for guys like him or Gabriel, who's back in almost a thousand days after his last cap. So big opportunity, loads of change. But I think it's exciting. And of the 33, 34 selected, sorry, the 33 picked for the World Cup, only 22 players have been retained. And that has been a mix of injury um, and lack of form. But JB Gros, Falatea, Burgaret, Thibaut Flamand, Chalereau, Macalou, Dupont for different reasons, Couillou, Hastoy, Villiers, and Arthur Vincent are nowhere to be seen. Neither is Paul Valemsi. So a lot of change, a lot of new faces, but these are all boys that have been performing um, in the top 14. So it's exciting to see them get their chance. And it's an injection of new new blood, isn't it? Before another cycle, four years to the next World Cup, but a Six Nations Championship with a big match coming up against Ireland on a Friday night that they'll want to start really well. And they've picked a strong squad. Yeah, a couple of surprise admissions that you mentioned there, but you see it with all the other squads that are being named as well. There is... A core of players that are retained from a World Cup squad, but a lot of fresh faces. It's exactly the same with France. But if you actually look at who is likely to be in that starting 15 for the big one in Marseille on a Friday night against Ireland, it's going to be very much the same as the World Cup. Looking at it, we never know. We might see some surprises. Manny Miafi might make his way in. Obviously, no answer. Oh, definitely. But aside from that, it looks like one of the most settled starting 15s probably in the Six Nations. It does. I mean, the big difference is going to be a scrum half. So you've got Nolan Logarek, who's also like both halfbacks went from Racing. So you're looking like Maxime Luku is going to start with Jalibert at 10. Then it's really a case of who's going to cover on the bench. Do you have Gibert who actually covers both? He plays 9 and 10, which is a little bit of uh, a blessing to have. But Nolan Logarek has been outstanding. So you're right in that the core hasn't changed the core 23, but it's it really interesting. Only 22 players from the World Cup have retained their places. And it'll be interesting to see what, if any, tinkering Fabien Galtier actually does because the X factor, the core and the performance that we've seen has been so settled and so, what's the word I'm looking for? So settled and so consistent over the past yeah. three, four, five seasons. What is the point in changing big now? I guess the one big change that has been announced is the captaincy. Ah, Greg. Which, I mean, for Greg... It's phenomenal. And you look at the why, there's so many reasons why. He is first choice number eight. There is absolutely no choice about that. He has had a rest 
he's one of the best number eights on the world. He's also bilingual. I think a lot of people forget that, but being able to chat and converse with referees and lean on them and try and manipulate a little bit is a huge strength that he has. And he has a very good way about him when he converses with um, referee teams. Uh, and ironically as well, he, he was this morning talking in French press and I sent him a couple of messages just saying, well done. But his biggest worry was for Charles Olivon. I mean, that's the sort of the measure of the man is he's, yes, he's been given this, but he said, look, it's not going to change the way I go about my business. I'm still on a growth curve. I want to improve. And Fabian Galtier said the first thing that he expressed was his worry or fear for Charles Olivon and how he would take it. So as always, self-effacing, not thinking about himself, putting the team first, um, and he just is a top-class leader. So he's also 26. You think with the World Cup cycle ahead, he'll be 30, which is the perfect time to be in and about the mix and be captain in Australia. Across like a squad, they've got an average age of 26. Across that squad, and the average amount of caps is 21. So it's still a young squad, but he is one of the big successful names that has done well in recent times with France and with La Rochelle. And undoubtedly, Fabian Galtier will be looking at over the next four years as being the captain for the World Cup. Yeah, it hasn't made too many waves elsewhere in the world, understandably. But you mentioned Charles Olivon there. Obviously, Dupont is skipper and is, is now absent. Ikel Fiku could have been a candidate as well. You know, they've got a number of players in a leadership group, France, to pick from, which isn't necessarily the case with other countries. You see England even. Obviously, they've got some experienced players, but they've gone with Jamie George, who hasn't captained too much in his past. Greg Aldrich, people might have expected Charles Olivon, but they've gone for a double Champions Cup winning captain, so not bad. And a good egg as well. Let's be honest. Yeah. He's a good man. He's now a standing rugby player and he is enjoyed by everyone to work with, to play with, not to play against. But he is the and that's the thing, you could have picked two or three. Antoine Dupont if he's there, Charles Olivon if he's not. And and that's maybe where again in French rugby sometimes we worry a wee bit, not too much, but we get caught up about the feeling about things and how people are and we don't want to ruffle feathers and is that going to cause upset or distress within a changing room maybe more so than other environments but I think like knowing Charles Olivon a little bit as well he'll take that one in his stride he'll want to nail down his spot as starting seven because he has been outstanding as well when he's been fit so hopefully they'll just get on as a back row unit as a senior leadership team uh, and crack on and, and plow straight into the Six Nations together and a couple of players who are still there but we didn't expect to be there because after the World Cup, we heard that they were leaving. Roman Tafifanua, Weenie Antonio. The fact that they're still in obviously shows Fabian Galtier and his staff have managed to convince them to play on, but also shows, I mean, quite literally, how big a holes they're going to be to fill when they do go. Quite literally. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Weenie Antonio is, the, is probably the most important if you look at what they've tried in the past and maybe they just don't have that many tight head props at the minute. You've got Laclaya that's coming from Racing. He's not been 100% convincing at scrum time. Antonio Aldegheri. Like those are your two. Just isn't that depth behind those two boys I don't think in the wider top 14 just yet. So it's a short term fix but long term that is going to be a position of worry I think for Fabian Galtier. Maxim Luku you sort of mentioned it there Everyone's expecting him to start. Obviously, his relationship with Matty Jalabert, the fact that he was back up to Antoine Dupont at the World Cup, sure he will. But Nolan Garrett can't be doing any more at the moment. He is playing off the charts, isn't he? He's sensational. And I think as well, he mentioned in press this week, the sort of pressure that Stuart Lancaster, he said he kept peaking him, which means just provoking him with little jibes or words or in debriefs. Could you do this better? How can you improve this? Yes, he's performing, but he's got a coach behind him clearly that is and the continual search for more. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Stu Lancaster's come in, um, the way they're playing has kicked up a level. 
But look, Garek has just been sensational. Like again, he struggled a little bit with injury in the past 12, 18 months, but now the fact that he's back, he's in form, he's had a run of games. I know Fabian Galtier was a big fan of his before his injury, but now there's a real opportunity. Can he get a run of games in the absence of Antoine Dupont? There is no Baptiste Couillou, there is no Baptiste Serrain. Those guys have been left to the side. So you'd think maybe this is the opportunity, the time for youth to get a chance and for Le Garek to maybe get a bit more game time under his belt. 15, 20 minutes off the bench, maybe a test match against Italy um, during the Six Nations as, an, as a start. So a big opportunity for him. And he is a world of a player, top class. We already mentioned the big one that everyone is trailing as essentially a title decider on the opening night, as bizarre as it sounds. France against Ireland in Marseille. Is that the way you see it? And do you think France are going to win it this year? They can't be lacking in motivation, obviously. Uh, I think that is the world, well, that's the World Cup final that I wanted to see before the <laughs> tournament started. Like two sides that I absolutely love watching. I think for most neutrals as well, uh, big fans of both sides. Uh, and look, yeah, they're probably pre-tournament, the two of them are the, the bookies' favourites. Quality squad depth for both talent, firepower, very well organised and well coached. So yeah, and, and it is a little bit difficult. You, you know, an opening night on a Friday, you're not at the Stade de France. There's also the questions around the FFR and if they're going to do this more regularly. It's a lot of pressure on them in the first game, but if they go on and nick this game in round one and beat the Irish, yeah, whoever wins this game is going to win the competition and there's a good chance they do a slam as well. Right, we'll look ahead to round four of the Champions Cup a bit later on, discuss a few of the permutations involving the French sides as well, and we'll have a chat with Leon Stakir Abraham shortly. But first, let's find out what your meter moment of the week is, Johnny. I think this is the most simple meter moment of the week we have ever had. And I was sat on the train watching Bordeaux Saracens to whatever game I was working on for TNT at the weekend. And oh my days, I have never ever in my professional rugby life or as a fan, I don't think I can ever remember Saracens receiving a spanking like that. And I don't know why, but it gave me great pleasure. Um, <laughs> so watching Bordeaux, who've been through their ups and downs and they've been bubbling away and hissing in the background and threatening and they've gotten to the knockout stages before, but to see them comprehensively demolish a previous champion like that at Chaban Delmas was one of the highlights of my year so far. I know it's early in the year, but um, what a game. Absolutely, like, tries. Ugo Boniface knocking the ball through, thinking he's a 10, setting tries up with his feet and kicking the ball through the big prop as you sign the extension. Big Ben Tammy. I mean, all of them. They were absolutely phenomenal and they made Saracens look ordinary. So, might this be the dawn of a new age for top 14 and Champions Rugby? Are we about to witness possibly a new champion on, on both fronts? Um, it's incredibly exciting and they're one hell of a team. So, Bordeaux absolutely walloping Saracens at the weekend was the meter moment of the weekend. Yeah, Noel McNamara comes on the podcast and they give Saracens an almighty hiding. You're welcome. We're just teeing it up. We'll make it too easy, don't we? <laughs> We've got a good booker, whoever books these guests. I don't know who it is, but he's doing pretty well. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Let's bring on our guest now then, and we can have a chat with, I'm guessing, one of the fastest men in the Champions Cup and certainly the joint top try scorer going into the final round of pool games. Leon Stakir Abrahams joins us. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? We are good. The fastest man in the Champions Cup, do you reckon? No, I don't think so. One of the fastest rugby players in the world, surely. No, I, I don't think so. There's a lot of uh, wingers and fullbacks that's uh, quite fast. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'm the fastest. I try every match, but I don't think I'm the fastest. <laughs> do you know how fast you are? Over 100 metres? Or you were, you were a sprinter in your youth, yeah? I was. I was uh, around 100 and 200 metres. Um, but that's cool, days. So we don't <laughs> really... Uh, my hundred time passes was probably like a ten eight, ten point eight, which is, which is not too bad. But uh, back back in school, the guys used to run like ten two, ten three, so it's like quick. <laughs> Johnny, what's your fastest hundred meter time? I can remember at school running an eleven seven and being really happy. That's not bad, actually, Johnny. I was, I was willing, I was willing to take the piss, but no, that's it, all right. It's not bad, but it's an entire second. It's like watching <laughs> yeah. it'd be like an entire. It'd be like watching Usain Bolt against some fat man. That's the equivalent of you running against Thakir. Embarrassing, but for me, when I was sixteen, that was a big thing. Do you know how ten eight would compare to other rugby players around the world, Thakir? Do you know how that sort of broadly puts you or not? I actually have no idea, but like I said, that was uh, that was back in school, so. I don't know if I got faster or slower or like, I don't know. But obviously I do a lot of speed training and explosive work. So I don't know. Fastest in the Liam squad. Can we say that? No, there's actually a lot of fast guys. But all <laughs> our wingers and fullbacks are actually really quick. So we're quite equal. I mean, Monty Oani is also really quick. Ethan uh, is quite quick. All, all our wingers are actually really, I would say, equal. They don't make you race in training. That's not like it's just not a thing, is it? Me and Johnny are really interested in this speed, but no one else. They, they definitely do, but he's too self depreciating <laughs> to say. Every winger knows his ten meter time, his twenty meter time, his thirty meter time, because we all do the speed gate training. We've all been there, and he knows he's the fastest. He doesn't want to say it, so he's definitely quicker than Demba Bemba. He'd give us that, <laughs> but he's not going to throw the wingers in the back three under the bus. No, really, we, we'll probably we we see obviously in the stats as well. So that's why I'm saying like we quite equal because you can see it on 
obviously your GPS stats and all of that. Uh. And what's the peak that you've got to? What's the, the fastest kilometers per hour that you've you've hit? Well, this season, uh, I think the fastest um, was a 35.5 or 0.6 or something. But yeah, that's like... I do check it sometimes, but not all the time. So <laughs> now the truth comes out. <laughs> exactly. Mate, to give you the, the end of my career was I hit 33 and then my hamstring went about 12 centimeter tear. And that was the end of my career. That's quite quick though. It was not for old people. When you're 34, you shouldn't be doing speed training. That was the end of my professional rugby at Bayonne. But there we go. We will come on to the top 14 in life in France, but the Champions Cup is going very well for Leon at the moment. He threw to the knockout stages already with a round to spare. Why do you think there's been a kind of difference in your form in the Champions Cup? Is it kind of a, a new lease of life when you go into that competition? Yeah, it kind of is, uh, if you if you put it like that. Um, but it's also like new mindset, I think. Uh, obviously, at the moment, we're not doing really well in the top 14, but uh, like we're giving it, giving it a crack in the Champions Cup, so which is quite good. And it's also like different teams that you play against. So it's not like just the French teams that you play against uh, week in, week out. Yeah, that's also like something different and something good for us to to see where we are with the other teams as well. And you absolutely smashed Connor last weekend, I think it was. You've been running in tries for fun. You've got Saris and Saracens this weekend again, so former champions, and they got absolutely humbled at Bordeaux at the weekend. So is this weekend being approached as a bit of a free shot because you've qualified? But going away to Saracens is going to be a big old test as well. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, it's never a free shot. Uh, it's a bad choice to turn. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean, but it's never a free shot. Um, it just week in, week out, you try to do your best. Um, with this Champions Cup, is like, it's a very tough competition because in the way it's quick because you get your full rounds your and then it's knockouts. So it's like you need to be your best every match you play. So with every match you play, it's something new. It's a new challenge. Like with Connect, we'll do something different. With Saracens, will be something different as well. So it's nice because it's different teams, different countries. So it's good. Yeah, not a free shot, but everyone wants a home tie in the round of 16. But to be already there, already have made it through with a round to spare, going away to Saracens, it's kind of, it's, there's no better place to be than than being there and being able to go and you could put them out you could put saracens out you could get a home tie you don't have to say it johnny and i can say it's leon are in a good place at least in the champions cup we'll skirt over the top 14 a little bit but we've got to ask you about it you mentioned your form there isn't isn't brilliant but actually if you look at it your home form's still excellent i think you've only lost one it's just away from home and that's traditionally very french isn't it you, you win your home games you lose your away games. So is that a mindset thing as well for you guys? We struggle a bit uh, with playing away from um, away from home. Um, that's really weird for me because coming from South Africa, obviously it's it's different. But yeah, it's really tough playing away from home. You don't have the home support, obviously. And <laughs> most of the times the crowd is against you, um, which does play a role. So it is different to the Champions Cup. And it is a... I won't say it's a it's a different mindset, but obviously you know the players a bit more. The guys been playing against each other like previous seasons. Um, obviously, this is my first time coming in, uh, so I'm learning about the players. And how has that been so far, mate? I, again, recently, and you haven't had too much game time in the top fourteen yet. But 
landing in the country, the different language, new teammates, new city. Like, how are you enjoying the process so far? Um, to be honest, I find it really great. In the beginning, I must be honest, like it was uh, outside the first month or two months. Um, it was hard because you come in this environment and it's very foreign. Like it's very like, for instance, the language barrier between the players and maybe the coach or something. And they do have uh, a way they speak English to us as well. But it was very, very hard for me and tough for me. But the rugby point of view, like it was, it's good. Like the first month I, I got it because you just need to let yourself just just go with the culture and go see how it really is. So in the beginning it was tough, but now I'm loving it. And now you're going to pick up on that game time. So you're loving it. You're picking up form. The game time's coming. Again, Champions Cup this weekend. But you must be excited to get your teeth more into the top 14 because the quality of opposition, you mentioned the grounds, the hostility that you go away to every single weekend. It's one hell of a place to play your rugby. Yeah, I know it is. Um, like, obviously, I was I was very used to the South African, I wouldn't say way of doing things. But yeah, you play, you play different teams and everyone has... Uh, what they call the French flair. Um, but it's not only that you get your international players, you play against like international players week in and week out, which really tests you. So basically every every game is going to be high intensity and every game you need to be focused. And I love that because it brings the best out of you eventually. So so it's. I think it's a great competition to play in, and I'm. I'm grateful I can play in this competition now. And how did the move come about? Because last season was sort of a breakthrough one for you with the Sharks, and then all of a sudden we find you in the top fourteen in Champions Cup with with Leon. So is that sort of a call via your agent, or were you always kind of looking overseas, or how does it pan out? For me, it was obviously it was good playing in South Africa, and when the opportunity came to move, I wasn't really sure, but. Like I needed something, something different, and like I liked the idea of uh, playing in France as well. Um, so for me, it was a difficult decision to move out South South Africa. Um, like you said, I was playing; it was good playing in South Africa, good playing at the Sharks. But I just felt felt like I needed something different to give myself a bit more learning, I guess, um, in into the game and give myself. You can't stop learning in rugby. So I think that that was just part of my decision. Yeah. And you move because the weather in France is always lovely. And it's <laughs> minus two there at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, everyone is saying like, because when it just started uh, in winter, everyone was like, just wait for January. Just I was, <laughs> but these are really cold. But anyways, <laughs> they said, just wait these three months over and it will be the best. Because I arrived in, in uh, the summertime. And it was exactly the same weather which we get in South Africa and it's even hotter. It went up to 40 degrees here. So um, it's not too bad, to be honest. <laughs> you just wear a little bit, maybe a puffer over, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> a puffer or two. Mate, you're right. Come summer and Leon is hot. It is. Because it, it's hot. like a cauldron. There's not much wind. When you're in the middle of that city, it is hot. Uh, we spoke to Arno Bota earlier in the season. I played against Arno ages ago when he was getting his first test for the Springboks and I was playing for Scotland. And he mentioned just the sort of new era that you were part of at Leon. Fabian Gengenbach has just signed an extension as well. He's there now to 2026. 
even though things aren't going too brightly in the top 14. So can you take us through a little bit of what he's like as a bloke, as a coach, um, how he's got you tried to set up and play, how you enjoy that? Because um, clearly they've got a lot of faith in him as well. No, it's a really nice guy because uh, when I arrived here, it was the first time meeting him, obviously, and we automatically clicked. Uh, so he's a lot about the person as well. Um, so he doesn't look, he looks at the basically the whole package. Um, so he works as um, like with a person as well. So I think that aspect that he brings to the club is is really good for now and for the future. Um, so I'm happy that he extended uh, or they extended his contract. And obviously you mentioned that it was a tough decision to make moving from home in South Africa to a new country, a new language, new culture, everything. Normally for professional rugby players, international recognition does come into the decision-making as well. Obviously for a South African, it doesn't affect Springbok selection, which is a good thing for you. You haven't been capped so far, but are you on the radar? Do you know? Are you on Razzie's radar? I imagine it's a big radar. <laughs> no, obviously the the dream is always to become a Springbok. Um, so hopefully one day I can reach that. Um, and for now, like I'm just trying my best, obviously in this competition, and just to get the better best out of myself. So yeah, for now that's the focus. Have you had any contact? Have you had any conversations with him? Again, given the level that you've played at in South Africa. And currently how you're flying in Leon, have there been any conversations past or present? No, not uh not for me. Um, but like I said, like I'm just for now just trying to be uh, play the best rugby that I can. And then hopefully um I can reach my dream of becoming a springboard. Johnny is currently in you could see behind him all that foliage. He's in essentially a phone box in the World Rugby offices in London. So Johnny, get your file of facts out, get Razzie's number. And uh, put him in touch with the kid. He should know it. <laughs> I'm sure you might not have been capped yet. You might not have been any of the, in those famous alignment camps that he, he holds. But I'm sure in this World Cup cycle, you are definitely on Razzie's massive radar. He's always got a big pool of players. He knows exactly what's going on, doesn't he? So yeah, you'll be there soon. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Weirdly, if Razzie doesn't pick up the, the phone and in three years time, you're still in France and you're still chugging away, I already know that the, the comparisons with Cheslin Colby have been made because of your stature and your speed and the way you play, but France would look at you as well, man. That's the, like it's a French rugby podcast, that's why we're here, you're playing in France, but if South Africa wasn't an option, France, you look at Manny Miafu now having come over and refused to play for Australia during the World Cup, now probably going to start for France at five during the Six Nations. Did you ever, ever give any thought to that as a secondary, given now you're playing real rugby in France? the possibility of one day pulling on a blue jersey instead of a green one. Weird or would you entertain it? Uh, if you put it like that, it is weird because um, I didn't put much thought in it yet. Um, but I don't know. Eh? I don't know. Like, but like I said, for now, I'm just really trying to play the best rugby that I can. And that's the important thing for me because I'm still obviously still learning and still learning every day. I'm trying to just improve every day. But yeah, it is, uh, if you put it like that, it is something weird because I never thought about it like that. <laughs> it's early days yet. You can just say never say never. That's the that's the easiest way, isn't it? It's very early. Yeah, it's probably a daft question to ask you because it's so early and you're coming over and you're settling in. But like weirdly, Manny Miafu, Paul Valemsi, Winnie Antonio, you look at all these guys that have come over for the experience and then fallen in love with the town they're in, with the culture, with the, the culture, with the people, with the country. It happens. So it's too early. 
But I'll ask you again in two, three years' time when you come back on the podcast, we can ask you the question again. Yeah, or if you want a dafter one, Johnny, you 10.800 meters, NFL like Lewis Tree Summit. There you go. Not friends, NFL next. NFL next. <laughs> that's not daft. That's a serious no. question. Again, you're a man with serious speed. Lewis Rees-Zammett moving to the NFL, what do you make of it? Because that is an absolute dream for some people. And we shouldn't play down our sport. That is his dream. That's what he's wanted to do. And he's got the opportunity. So would you fancy a bit of NFL? What do you make of Lewis Rees-Zammett going over? Um, for me, to be honest, I didn't expect, uh, expect that um, because he obviously played international for the Wales and everything. Uh, so I, I didn't expect that from him. But if it was his dream and he loves doing it, I support him. And if it's anyone's dream, obviously it's not completely total different sports. Um, and obviously his his speed is going to be amazing there. So yeah, all the best for him. It's a bold move, Johnny. He's only 22. Obviously, if it doesn't go as well as he hopes it does, we all hope it does. He'll be back in rugby in a couple of years time. It's absolutely fine. He's already got 31 caps, I think, and he's 22. So he could still get 100 caps, even with a couple of years in the NFL. Well, I'm like fair play to him. I mean, yeah. To have the gum, like I've got, and he'll remain nameless, but I've got a mate that kind of has a pipe dream to be a tight end in the NFL, but he's been well paid in rugby, playing professionally for his club and for his country, but he just would never take that step to drop down and not have the assured, you know, contract and salary that we have in rugby. He won't want to forego that. So he didn't chase the dream. And now it's, it's too late. He's nearly retired. So the fact that Lewis is young enough, he's 22, he's already a British and Irish lion. He's pursuing his dreams which is what we should all do. And giving it a shot, I think is superb. And the other thing is he's young enough that he can come back. Even if he goes over and it doesn't kick off, you look at your Christian Wades, there's other people that have been over and tried. They've given it a crack and they've fallen back into rugby. So now I think it's awesome that he's going, that he's trying, um, and he's got the physical qualities to, to give it a crack. So good on him. Fingers crossed that he does absolutely crack it and he's making millions of dollars. If not, he can just come back and make millions of euros like Thakir um, and he'll be fine. So... I'm not worried at all. I think the US will like him as well. Lewis Rusamit will be over there. He'll have a documentary about him. He'll have his social media following there. He'll build his brand. And like you say, he's got rugby to come back to. We all hope he does well. Let's put it like that. Have you, do you think much far, like as an athlete, obviously, like you said, that takes us all by surprise. Like no one really saw that coming for Lewis Rusamit. And if you read what he said so far, sounds like it came out of the blue a bit for him as well. He always had the dream. He loves the NFL, wanted to give it a crack but it seems like it's happened very quickly. How far ahead do you think? Like, did, did you, you obviously thought about coming to France, you thought about different stages in your career. Do you think very far ahead or do you have to be quite sort of immediate as an athlete? No, like, like I said, for, for reason, like it was, uh, it was always his dream. And maybe uh, now that he's doing it, maybe someone else also has his dream and maybe they also go the same path. Um, like, like you said, maybe some people are too scared to make that move. And now that he's going, maybe someone else will also do it. But it's the same same for my case. Like I, I always enjoy like learning. So for me, playing somewhere else was always like in in my thoughts, uh, if I can put it like that. But I didn't expect it to happen so quick. Uh, so so yeah, I did. It did take a lot of like thought process, a lot of thinking, and is it the right move or not? Um, but yeah, I just I I, I just at faith and I just done it. And obviously learning, taking your game to a, another level, uh, experiencing another culture, another language, that's all into the mix when it comes to moving clubs. But also obviously as a professional athlete, 
you want to win things. So presumably you looked at Leon, obviously Samuel Andrandra coming in as well. They've got ambition. You see yourself, I know, I know we've talked about the fact that the top 14 table doesn't look particularly brilliant at the moment, but you've got a shot in the Champions Cup and just for the next couple of years, do you see it building there? That We've heard about the facilities are a lot better now than they used to be and it is a club on the up, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I for me personally, like I said, like I like growing and I think the club is also growing um, as a, as all. And yeah, we got new facilities and everything is is on the up so uh potentially in the in the future like we we are building and we are getting better at it and things like that so yeah i would love uh we would love to pick up a trophy and so yeah it's always always in the in the in the dream and you mentioned that growth experience no matter where you're going or the next job or the next contract but are there tangibles already i know it's early but there's a step into a different language. There's working with players like Semi Randrandra. There's different coaches. There are different things that you've picked up or learned already that you can say, geez, I'm glad I came over here. As much as it was wonderful playing rugby in South Africa, your eyes are always opened by different players, different people and different coaches. So what can you sit down already and say, this is pretty cool. I can hang my hat on that and say, I've learned this so far. And then you look forward to the, the next one. I got some good advice from, uh, I remember from Ben Tapuai, which was, well, he was also at the Sharks and he moved quite a bit. And I was like, how do you, how do you manage it? And uh, his advice was basically just dive into the culture, just whatever you, you learned here, just not forget about it, st still have it with you, but just dive into the culture. And I think that's exactly what I done when I came here. I just like, this is how they do it. And, all the obviously international players coming in. Um, you get Fiji in New Zealand, you get Australia players, you get all over the world, um, Georgian players, so all over the world, and everyone is together in a team. And I think for me, I just try to get like a bit of everyone. So, like, just I try to sit a lot with the French players, although sometimes I don't always know what they're saying, but just to like <laughs> just to know how they do things and, um, with all the other foreigners as well, um, just to see how they do things. So it's a lot of learning and still early days. And I like the the culture of the team and the culture of how they do things. So for me, it's still early days, but I'm still learning a lot. In terms of the culture, Leon is the culinary capital of France, isn't it, Johnny? So have you been taken out for meals yet? Is, is it as good as people say it is there? No, it really, it really is. Uh, and if you're here, you'll probably see it for yourself uh, and there's a lot of like small cafes that you you won't think much if you just see it but if you go in food's amazing there's like everything that you want so all the food that you want whatever you like pizzas to like the most fanciest uh, restaurants so it's quite good johnny you were hanging out with matthew bastro this week i'm assuming he reflects well on his time in the culinary capital of the world not that wasn't supposed to be a dig by the way you looked at me as if it was then but Mattia, I, I reckon is probably a guy who knows what he's talking about in that respect yeah he is but the problem is if him and i hang out too much i go from an 11 7 to running 112 7 that, that's <laughs> yeah. the problem is that when you get into the eating and, and leon is exceptional like don't get me wrong the different types of food is especially the, the french like i know you mentioned pizzas and different types but we went on like a culinary cruise 
through Lyon together in June before the World Cup and oh my days. I mean, everything from like pigs trotters to intestines to it was everything. And those are specialty and they're niche, but you have to try them. And you mentioned yeah, throwing, yeah. Your, throwing yourself into the culture. That's it. It's the best way to be curious personalities. Sit with the Frenchies, go with them. Don't get led astray too much by them, but enjoy it. And Ben Tapawa is right. He's a guy as well who's now absolutely flying, was in South Africa, now at Bordeaux. That's the best way to be. Throw yourself into it, enjoy it, and then the rugby will come. So great to hear that you're enjoying it so far and good advice from Ben. Have you tried to pick Strata yet, Pierre? <laughs> no, I'm 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 a Muslim, so I'm eating a lot, so I have no <laughs> no pig. That is for me. the <laughs> best excuse. Sorry, teammates, I can't eat the pig strutter. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't bring that out with Basta. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, <I need> to. <laughs> there are other beautiful things that you can try in Leon, but that is great. Just stay clear of the pig strutter. Yeah, I know. No, and everyone's trying. Like, you know, everyone comes from all over the world, so everyone has their own type of thing, and. I think it was two weeks ago uh, uh, we went with uh, Nini Ashvili to a Georgian restaurant. And yes. yeah, and he he was telling us this is the best, best thing and everything, but it was quite good. It was quite good. What was it? What do you have? Some sort of goulash. What do you have? What's the Georgian speciality? To be honest with you, if I probably can't announce the name and I, I can't even remember the name, but it was like they, they, they made a joke before the time and saying it was like a pizza, but uh, it was really good, actually. <laughs> I know, I'm guessing Semirandrandra, you may not partake, but Semirandrandra probably brings the carver, right? That's what that's what we hear. <laughs> that's what we hear. Yeah, I know he does. He does. Uh, obviously, he loves his carver. So, yeah, he does bring it along. <laughs> well, Thikir, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great to hear about the melting pot in Leon. It's going really well in the Champions Cup. So the top four team will pick up and hopefully we'll have you on later on in the season, next season, do us a favour before that. Can you have a race with the rest of the backs? We really want to know. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll send you a video even. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Dakir. Cheers. Eh? It was nice speaking to you guys. Thanks, mate. All the best this weekend. Cheers, man. He wasn't being drawn on his speed, was he, Johnny? <laughs> we don't race, honestly. We don't time. They do. But he wasn't telling us. This is USP. I don't know why he's not throwing it out of there. He's absolutely rapid. Um no, he was quite coy, actually, which is strange. Normally, wingers don't shut up about their speed times. <laughs> He's modest. He's a very modest man. Uh, no, and South Africans normally are quite forthcoming and honest with their information as well. So, no, it was nice to have him. Um, another youngster in the top 14, absolutely flying. Uh, and yeah, quality young lad. He's been absolutely incredible to watch when he's been on the field. So fingers crossed he gets more game time that they go well this weekend and that we see more of him as the season progresses. Yeah, I think he's all about his own personal development in terms of rugby. We we couldn't convince him to go to the NFL or play for France or, you know, he's, he's clearly a... Or to a pig trotter. That was clearly out. That was the wrong man to ask. <laughs> that, that was um, tricky. I mean, that'd be tricky for most people, but yeah, you picked the wrong guy. No, fair play. They are, as we mentioned, doing very well in the Champions Cup and it's a tough ask to go to a Saracen side this weekend that needs the win desperately to qualify at all. So people will assume that Leon may change their side up a bit may not necessarily go full bore and will be happy to have made it through rather than really gunning for that home 
tie in the round of 16, which they may get anyway. Yeah, I would say so. I think each game is a little bit different given the context of their own season. But looking at where Lyon are sitting in the top 14, um, they need to get back into that comp and rack up some points quickly. So I don't see them sending over all of the big dogs this weekend to Saracens. Um, therefore, I think Saracens might pip that one. But that's not the case in all the games. There's still some big mm. points to be played for. And I still reckon quite a few of the French sides can go through and qualify and qualify in nicely to get some home ties. Yeah, most of them didn't start well and we spoke about that, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Bordeaux and Toulouse are flying. They're clearly going to get a home tie even though it's not absolutely mathematically certain ahead of round four. Leon yep. through, like we said. The only team in the whole competition who can't make it through to the knockout stages is Stade Francais. Such yep. is the way the format works and the fact that we like to keep it open until the final round of matches. So that's good. There's a lot of intrigue. They could get fifth and drop down to the Challenge Cup. I suspect they'd probably be happy if they just finished sixth. Um, I'd agree. Of the others, La Rochelle's game oh. at Sale is massive. Mate, that, that is the crunch of the weekend in that oh, they've sort of been fits and starts and it hasn't quite run smoothly for them. But I was there pitch side with TNT for that game. And oh my, like when they turn on their power game and they come together, I mean, they bitched. Leicester. I mean, they absolutely bitched them. So when they're all clicking, they are unstoppable. And there's two or three or four teams now in this competition. You think, right, you've got a chance of going through winning this. You've got Bordeaux, you've got La Rochelle if they win this weekend, you've got Toulouse who absolutely crushed Ulster at the Kingspan, and you've got Leinster. Those are the four sides that at this stage look head and shoulders above the rest. So it'll be really interesting to see how those ties go. La Rochelle with everyone now, you mentioned the slow start, but I back them to go to sale this weekend against the physical sales side, but I think they'll do a job. So um, really looking forward to that one. Toulouse at home to Bath. I'll be down in Toulouse this weekend. Again, they're looking to finish in style. Um, Bath, who've actually been going really well and are in the hunt as well. But I just think Toulouse's pack will be too big, too much power, too much pressure on the gain line. And although Finn Russell has been exceptional uh, and really has changed the way Bath are playing, I just don't think he'll get the same platform opportunities he's had in the past. Uh, Bayonne against Exeter Bayonne who were diabolical last weekend against Northampton they'll put out a better side because they're at home and they're moving to you know build some momentum before going into the top 14 but Exeter coming to town also flying high I think that's going to be difficult for Bayonne so yeah there's a real mix of games Rassing at home to Cardiff like again that should be a five pointer for them Toulon going away to Glasgow. Toulon have named a bomb squad, so I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen there. They pumped Glasgow in the Champions Cup final, Challenge Cup final, sorry, last season, but um, I, th- I don't think that they'll be good enough to win at Scotston. So, yeah, a, a real mix games with different intentions and different things that can happen. I'm just looking forward to it. Last weekend, mate, and then into the, the round of 16. Yeah, it does look like Toulon and Bayern have both given up the ghost and pull three, really. Rassing, you mentioned, have got to beat Cardiff at home, which you'd definitely fancy them to do. Yep. Probably with a bonus point, almost certainly. And then they have to hope Ulster realistically lose at Quinns and then they're through. So you can see that happening. You can see four, possibly five French sides going through. Given the poor start they had, that's pretty decent. The La Rochelle Sale one is, uh, I know La Rochelle are, champions but that's the tightest call because Sale have got massive units as well they're really physical that that's La Rochelle's point of difference they like you say mullered Leicester last week on the road is very different and that one is essentially 
I know there's loads of permutations, but it's essentially a straight shit out of that one. La Rochelle, Sale, whoever wins will make it through. It is, and, and the point that, for me, it's the game of the weekend, and, and the points that make it slightly more different. So you've got Burgerit, who's now out, bless him, he's going to be minimum four or five months with a shoulder up. Uh, that dislocation was horrible at the weekend. You've also got Jonathan Dante, bad head knock, he's not going to be there. So it's maybe not as straightforward as I was saying, but I, I still like Sale, yes, physical side for the Premiership, but they do not have the physicality that La Rochelle have. They were absolutely frightening and how they rolled over Leicester. So that is a shootout. That is the game of the weekend. And I'm probably looking forward to watching that one the most. Bordeaux as well. They're away in South Africa against the Bulls. I still don't know what side they've sent, but they need to hope that other results don't, you know, there's not 50 point swings in other games and uh, and a home tie for them. They're around 16 would be superb. So looking forward to it, mate. Huge weekend of rugby. And yeah, I think definitely four hopefully five sides through to the next round. Can't wait. All eyes on Salford and Greg this weekend. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to the KH Brams for joining us and thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can, check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, mate. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.